Hey guys, it's Steve on my phone in Hawaii, where it happens to be turkey season. And it is right now turkey week here at Meat Eater, which means tons of great turkey hunting content, a lot of great offers on turkey gear at TheMeatEater.com, and even a calling contest where I am getting my ass thoroughly kicked. Go find it all at TheMeatEater.com. Hey, I'm KC. And I'm Tyler. And I'm Eric. And you're listening to The Element Podcast. Got it, dude. What's going on, everybody? This is The Element Podcast brought to you by First Light Gear. And today we have got outdoorsmen from every line out there. Eric Trump is with us today. Eric Trump, that's right. <laughs> I'm here. <laughs> then Trump and them reds, you know what I'm saying? Mm, yeah. They ain't hitting on their heads. That's right. So um, we thought we'd talk about a few things today. We've been doing a lot of stuff. We've had some videos come out on YouTube. And we will have some other ones come out on YouTube. Y'all go check that stuff out. Um, but uh, we want to talk a little bit about some of the fun stuff you can do right now. Eric, you, sir proved to the world that they don't know what they're talking about when it comes to what is actually a redfish lure man that's right is that the truth yeah well i mean we're down here in texas so i just threw on some texas rig you know there you go yeah that's what you do right let me tell you tell eric plural texas rig (laughs) not texas (laughs) he took the he took the singular plural thing to the next level there did he threw on? Yeah, I just threw on some Texas rig. That's right. He did. He did. Dude. <laughs> Saw some dole and threw on some Texas rig. Eh? Yeah. Yeah, well, a whole head of cattle out there. Canola. <laughs> um, you were being chastised, probably, by our friend Brian. Yeah, he doesn't know anything. He doesn't know anything. <laughs> Who's friend? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> for your choice in lure. Yeah. Yeah. And then you caught the biggest fish of the week. Yeah. I was trying right. to teach him a thing, but. How'd you do that? Uh, I just threw out my lure and fish bit it. Was there any grass <laughs> in the way? Yeah, there was. So <laughs> that's, that is that is the main reason why I threw on a Texas rig, because I like, kept catching grass. So. Cause what were you using first? Uh, What Brian says, a heavy jig. But the package said a sixteenth ounce. It was like a swim swim bait. Yeah, thing, right? I had a yeah. swim bait on it yeah. too, and so I was catching a bunch of grass and went to a Texas rig to go weedless. And so apparently, worked. reds don't just eat swimmy fish-looking things. They don't. You know where I think I figured that out? Uh, a formative trip in my life. I was eight years old. My granddad, my dad, and myself got in my dad's. <laughs> What? Isn't that what's that one song? Johnny's daddy was taking him fishing uh-huh. when he was eight years old. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's you, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. Wasn't no little blonde girl though. No. Um, Just the, a little blonde boy. That's it. That was me. Um, we jumped in my dad's Mazda B twenty three hundred, which is a single cab oh. standard Mazda truck. Tiny. <laughs> yeah. Tiny. Tiny. The tiniest <laughs> truck ever made. That's right. <laughs> And we headed to Port Aransas, Texas, from East Texas. You know who else drives those trucks? People uh, in third world countries. That's right. That's right. You will see those uh, on the streets of India, for yep. sure. Um, well, um, we got us a uh, a charter on, like, the Scat Cat or Wharf Cat or something, which is like an offshore party boat, which is the worst way to experience offshore fishing. 
for sure. There's like 40 people. Have you done that before? Mm-mm, but it does not sound fun. It's. Either. I mean, it, it was awesome as a kid. Uh, there people. People were sick, and there's a concession Ooh. stand on the inside, you know, so like you can get like nasty food. And so, like, half the people were getting sick, and half people were eating, like, nachos. And mm. uh, all the people were getting hung up. Because what you do is you drift fish. And um, all these lines, it's a bunch of pin center to four aughts, right? So there, no one knows how to use one of these things because you have to level wind with your thumb mm-hmm. when you reel it in. So everybody's kind of tangled up there. And then all the lines are out the boat trolling ribbon fish or drifting ribbon fish, and kingfish hit one of those and then – that kingfish goes sideways and catches all of the other lines. Mm-hmm. So you don't really even know who caught the fish a lot of the times. Uh, but went out on that thing and then caught a tiny shark. But we stayed down there for three days and bay fished while we were there. And um, as an eight-year-old, that means you just throw the cast net a whole lot, which is a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. I love throwing the cast net because you never know what you're going to come up with. Mm-hmm. Um, and while I was cast netting one time, I was stepping around. Bless you, sir. Mm. Uh, and um, this, I told this whole story to get to this. Um, mm-hmm. There was a spot in the mud where I took a step and out squirted a sand eel out of that mud when I took that step. A seal. And he was like probably 12 <laughs> or 15 inches long, but kind of looked like a pipefish kind of, but it was different. And How does this thing relate to the thing that stripers eat up in the northeast? Uh, I think those are real eels. Like Reels. American eels. I don't know for sure, but I feel like that's an American eel. Uh, there's also uh, a fuzzy worm, whatever they're called, that the that tarpon eat. The worm hatch. Yeah. You know, those yeah. things are fast. Have you ever seen them swim through the no, worm? No, creep me out, though. <laughs> yeah, dude. <laughs> it's weird. And that's also strange that like a 200-pound fish is taking the time to eat like a three-inch little worm that's swimming. That's so weird. weird. But... <clears throat> That's where I decided, okay, peak right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that, um, you know, the old bass worm probably isn't that bad of a thing. And I think it's neat that you thought that, hey, I'm getting hung up. Let me change it to something I know doesn't get hung up. Mm-hmm. How many fish do you catch on that? Man, a lot. Really? I, I don't remember how many, but caught a lot. Did you fish Texas rig the rest of the trip? Mm, no, I, I went back to the swim bait when I saw Brian was catching them and then uh, just kind of went back and forth. Did you catch any on a lizard? Yes. Texas rig lizard. <laughs> yes. I've never caught a fish on a lizard. Did you see any lizards swimming while you were out there? I, I did not. <laughs> That'd wild. be cool. I'm pretty sure I caught some trout on the Texas rig, too. Really? Yeah. That's interesting. I feel like they they look up a lot more than redfish do. Here's something. People. 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 <laughs> so, would you say that these fish that are eating lizards like nothing they've ever seen what causes them to eat that? Uh, I would say instinctive impulse. So they're instinctive. They see something moving. It looks like it could fit in their mouth, mm-hmm. and that's, they eat it. That's why I told Michaels. Uh, we were down there, and I said, man, I feel like fish are just dumb. Like, you just put the right color in front of them, they're going to eat exactly it. exactly what I was I don't even know to. if it's color, dude. I think it's just size and motion. Mm-hmm. I don't Like, I've always. So match the hatch. So it's different depending on, like, what the thing is so yeah i think that if you got bass that are eating two inch shad and you try to throw a lizard at them they're gonna have a hard time eating that but like if they're just in ambush mode dude, and they're sitting there yeah. waiting on something to or come the by. difference in a sassy <laughs> shad color and a sexy shad color or what you know like one of them's got a little green on its back and one's a little bit yellow or whatever i hate it 
There ain't no way. I mean, I still am not convinced in any way that um, a crappie jig that's white on the front with pink tails is like they're biting that, but they're not going to bite white on the front with purple tails. You know, like the only thing that I think is that maybe it messes with the way they view the profile of the bait. That's yeah, that's kind of like, like a darker bait might seem bigger or something. Yeah, you know? I'm, I'm with you on that, but I think that like the little discrepancies, I don't see how it's possible. Yeah, I basically when I do it, I just if it's cloudy or the water's muddy, that's when I use black or blue, and if it's mm. clear water or sunny, that's when I use green stuff. Yeah, that's basically the only coloring I do. So if you if you like, you don't color when you go to the restaurant. They don't give no, you. I mean, thing? I do when they when <laughs> they <laughs> offer it. <Okay. laughs> Only at Chili's. Uh, so, if fish are considered dumb by Eric and many other people. Mm-hmm. Are they dumb on the scale of animals, or are they just dumber than humans? Well, that would be a very taxonomic question, Tyler. How many animals are there? Bazillions. There's a lot. <laughs> Uh, and it's really hard, you know, it's hard for me to judge the intelligence of a bug because a monarch knows to head south and like what a milkweed plant is and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, but they also find the worst place. (laughs) (laughs) They know. Monarch also doesn't know how to get out of the carport. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like intelligence is, uh, more than two-dimensional, I think. So that's kind of a difficult thing to say. Yeah. But when it comes to, um, you know, what they eat, I don't feel like most well, fish are What I'm smart. trying to get to is, like, people have no problem with you catching and just, you know, filleting up some fish and eating them. Mm-hmm. Then turkeys, people like eating them too, you know. Mm-hmm. Deer, sometimes people get a little weird about. Mm-hmm. Grizzly bears mm-hmm. don't even think about it. You know what I mean? Wait, well, how does this all play together, man? Why? Why? I mean, there's a, there has to be an intelligent animal intelligence factor that plays. Well, I into can that, tell you there? this. This is uh, uh, this is a different direction, but you'll like it. Um, what makes humans different than all the other living things out there? Are you asking me for an answer, or is this rhetorical? Yeah, I'm asking you for an answer. <laughs> they have an eternal soul. Yes. That is correct. And and where do we get that, like, in the creation scheme of things? Um, before animals, right? God, God – no, humans are made last. Yeah, that's right. Um, um, God breathes his breath into man, uh-huh. whereas animals are just that was created. A difficult question for me to answer. Was it? <laughs> yeah, that's kind of a specific <laughs> thing yeah. there. Well, that is, it's the b- a big difference, though, is yeah. that – Humans have the the you know the spirit of God and then the the breath from God that is what created man, and then everything else is just you know dare I say inanimate even though it's animated you know it's kind of an oxymoron right I but just wonder I just wonder what makes them what it makes humans decide what is okay culturally to shoot eat all that I don't know. Yeah, because you have uh, vegetarians all the time. They're like, "Oh, but I eat fish." Yeah, yeah, that's <laughs> yeah. exactly right. That's a that's a big thing that happens. Well, I mean, probably has a lot to do with uh, they don't breathe air, so it's just a very foreign thing, right? Yeah, and same thing. Like, you know, I think vegetarians can eat eggs or something. Maybe I don't really know for sure. 
there's probably you know all kinds of different variations on it but like uh, I would say that that's probably a big thing that it lives in a different realm than what we do so it seems just more foreign you know are fish or birds dumber fish fish mm-hmm. yeah I think so really yeah what do you think I don't know, man. Turkeys are I've dumb seen, sometimes. We petted birds. a turkey last. The three of us <laughs> petted a turkey last year. I've seen a wild a lot of birds flying to windows. Too. I've seen some really <laughs> smart ones. That here's the okay. So we are talking like on the phylum level here, right? So mm. it's pretty difficult because uh, phylogenically, um, you're saying that a horse is in the same phylum as like a gopher you know what i mean so you can't just say like well animals are smarter than birds or whatever you know because those crows that we saw today are way smarter than a gopher yeah um but at the same time everybody knows a horse is like a lot smarter than a turkey so it's kind of hard to kind of quantitate that on such a high level Mm -hmm. i would say but overall, I don't want to. I don't want to make a shot towards Willie Nelson here, but I do. Do it. <laughs> I feel like it's like uh, when it, when it comes to this, the question that I keep asking here. I think that it's like Willie Nelson, where it's like nobody really knows. Like basically, he's just famous for being famous. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like somehow cultural the uh, culture just kind of latched on to this, you know, harmless redheaded stranger guy, and. uh and then he got, like, he kind of was like your grandpa that smoked pot or whatever. And so that was funny to people. And then mm-hmm. it made him more popular and more likable or whatever. And then he's just like this huge icon, cultural icon, uh, when he really didn't have you – know, people get mad here. Uh, he didn't have, like, a bunch of crazy big hits. He wasn't that great of a singer in most people's opinion. And it's just like, you know, he's a super – super popular mm-hmm. is that what happens with bears and wolves where like you don't know where it comes from and all of a sudden it's there and it's well, like this is a this, this is a problem is, to shoot bears this is a real meat eater term to say right this is a steve thing but it's a charismatic megafauna right so people like the big stuff mm-hmm. and bears represent that like to a t right? yeah uh where that's true i think that uh People like dogs a lot too, and bears are kind of like dogs. They're yeah. different. I mean, they're you know they're wolves not certainly are. Worth. Wolves are the worst. Um, <laughs> and this that's why I want to go to Mexico and eat a dog, man. It's culturally <laughs> acceptable down there. You know, like you're talking about what makes them culturally acceptable. I'm, I'm, I'm down, dude. I'm telling you, like it'd be worth it. Um, so I don't know. Uh, at the same time, I don't I don't really want to eat a bobcat. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think it would taste better than a dog. There's also a Certain level, uh, and, you know, people might not like this, but a lot of this stuff does go back to biblical things, right? The cloven-hoofed animals that chewed the cud, that was uh, considered clean. Um, and so uh, stuff like the pod animals and things weren't considered clean to eat. Um, so at some point in time, there was like a religious backing to that. And, you know, nowadays that's not really – we don't uh, live by the old law, but – there is like this thing. Some people don't live by the new law. <laughs> that's right. A lot of people don't. Yeah. <laughs> um, Defund the police, right? That's right. Dude. I mean, that's no justice, no peace. <laughs> uh, so um, things are crazy, man. I think that that's probably part of it. It's like, oh, it's weird. It's like, uh, you know, 
you can see what you think is a turkey in a pasture, and you're like, man, I'd eat that. And then you realize it's a turkey vulture, and you're like, oh, I wouldn't eat that. Yeah. But they lay the same size egg. They the same size animal. Because <laughs> I, I've, I've rescued baby turkey vultures from attics, and they are ugly. Has it ever crossed your mind to actually eat one? The, An egg? Yeah. Really? Yeah. Because I remember, remember last I, time you had one, you brought it to my house. and I'm get in trouble. You were, well, somebody brought it to our house. Th- this this egg existed somewhere, yeah. hypothetically. I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I don't think you even knew where it came from. Just in your truck or something, maybe. Yeah. I don't know. But, like, no, it... uh. It, it was something you definitely weren't considering eating. I didn't want to at no, the time, but no. maybe in your younger well, days you did. Well, I, I I suppose I considered it and decided not to. Mm. Yeah. Um, so do they stink? I can't remember if that one's stank, stunk. Buzzards stink. Where they live? Stinks. Worst. I hit one with my rearview mirror one time on my truck, and my truck my truck stunk for like a week. He throw up when you hit him. Did he throw up? Yeah, no. that's like their defense thing. They throw up. Yeah, they're gross. Not dude. that I saw. <laughs> they nasty. I thought I was gonna miss would it, and all of a sudden they swooped down into my mirror. I was like, ah! Would you rather eat a turkey vulture? Which actually, to kind of have a little bit of uh, delineation here, um, the Mexican vultures are the real gross ones. Turkey vultures, the black-headed are, ones. Yeah, yeah. Turkey vultures are kind of clean. Um, kind of. <laughs> <laughs> little C, uh, but <laughs> um, they. Uh, would you rather eat a turkey vulture or a water turkey? Eric, you go first. I don't even think I really – I mean, I've s- kind of seen the water turkeys here, but I don't know if I really know what they look like. But it sounds better. So I'd for sure better. eat a water turkey Water turkeys first. are literally water buzzards. <laughs> <laughs> I, I would for sure eat a water turkey I first. I think so, too. But I, um, I would hate to do this. I would hate that to be my only choices. I, I think I could play this game for a long time. Would you rather eat this or this? We should do a whole Frog episode. Eggs. Let's do it. Let's do a minor one here. Everybody come up with two. Okay. I already used one. Okay. Anybody ready for one? Um, um kind of. It has to be nasty. No. Okay. Uh but I, I it's more fun to do things that's like, would you rather eat a new guy or an elk? You know, it's kind of yeah. yeah, but would you rather eat rather eat a earthworm or a tick? Earthworm for sure. <laughs> 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 I think mine is going to be would you eat frog eggs? No, you have to answer this question because I know. <laughs> Wait, me? Oh. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, earthworm. Tick, dude. <laughs> no, no. Stop. Yeah, they swallow no it in one hole. No one hole. Way. One hole. By uh, <laughs> Little League coach Ada Earthworm before our last game to inspire us. We still lost. Oh, perfect. <laughs> that worked. I'm glad. And now he is the, the DA. Perfect. Mm-hmm. I think. Drug administrator? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever the whatever the big one is, it's over a district, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, sounds right. Yeah. Uh all right, Eric, you got a question? Frog eggs or a salamander? Mm. Oh, like a whole salamander? Yeah. The eggs, do they have tadpoles in them? I don't know. Mm. <laughs> I'd go some with the frog caviar. I would be interested in frog eggs. I kinda it's almost like I haven't had this either, but it would be like boba tea. Can you imagine making yeah. boba tea with frog eggs? It would be kind of cool. Yeah, you could do it. That'd be neat. Put a little sugar in there. Yeah. What do you got? Um, what, I, I like going with the bird stuff because they're familiar. You know. Mm. Would you rather eat a coot? Mm. I've eaten a coot, by the <laughs> way. <Have you>? Yes. <laughs> Cooked over an open fire with no seasoning. Oh man, I was young. Yeah. Sorry. Would you rather eat a coot? 
or a kestrel? At this point, a kestrel for me. Because <laughs> you've already had the coot. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I know what either of those are. So, a coot are those little black things that swim around and look like ducks. We saw them. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah. Yeah, when we hunted with Mark. Yeah. Um, and then a kestrel is the tiny raptor that you see flying around eating grasshoppers and small things. I call them sparrow hawks a lot of times. Yeah. I'd probably try the coot. Okay. They That's look good. more edible for sure. They definitely are more legal. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I have to do another one? Yeah, another okay. question. Would you rather eat a dog or a kitty cat? A dog. <laughs> you know my answer. <laughs> kitty cat. I think I'd eat a kitty cat, too. Man, cats are tiny. Because I don't like cats. I don't like either of them. Don't be tender. <laughs> I guess yeah. it's true. Maybe. Might be stringy. Mm. I don't mm. know. Tastes like pork is what everybody says. I bet you they do. Everything <laughs> tastes like pork. Anything that's omnivorous. Either chicken or pork. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah, whatever sure. everything tastes like. Eric? Chicken. What? Did you say chicken or pork? <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> Taco Bell, yeah, you said. Taco Bell, yeah. <laughs> That's what's on my mind. Acapatillo. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my gosh. <laughs> I have another one. Never mind. <laughs> would you rather eat um, Would you rather eat uh, boiled lechuguilla mm. or raw acapatillo? Boiled lechuguilla for sure. <laughs> Acapatilla. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Eric, what's your last question? Um, Man. People are yelling because they don't know. We All we right. know it's Acapatilla, guys. Don't worry. A possum? They don't know. Or a opossum or opossum? Uh, a possum. <laughs> <laughs> or a dadgummit. Mm. Mm. Like the T-shirt? Yeah. Get one. <laughs> um, A gopher. Oh, a gopher for sure. Gopher are a lot cleaner. Yeah, I would say hundred percent a gopher. Do you know my possum story? I may have told it on the podcast, but it's probably time to tell it again. I have a couple, but only one of them I'm going to tell now. The other one probably is not good for company. Um, <clears throat> so I used to work for the state, uh, doing uh, animal control, pretty much wild animal control stuff. Trap a state trapper, and um, I had this guy who was losing calves to coyotes and he didn't want us to use any snares or that stuff so hunting was the best way and i had a um a night vision unit that that they loaned me to use to do a little it was just for scanning i I didn't have it attached to the gun but he had a dead cow that i could go sit over and try to kill some of these coyotes i've heard this one it's gross the cow's been dead about a about a week so it's kind of been eating on a little bit and it's starting to dry out some and uh i'm sitting there thinking coyotes are going to show up for sure i got the wind set i don't see any coyotes all evening i'm sitting there kind of in the dark thinking that well okay they're gonna come in later and then i see in the night vision something moving over to the left well it's a possum i'm like oh that makes sense he's gonna go eat some of that cow this possum crawls up on top of this cow i'm like what is he doing and then he crawls to the rear of this cow <laughs> and does a reverse Ace Ventura on this cow <laughs> and crawls up in the body cavity via the anus of this cow. What's the saying, Eric? These rhinos, uh, what is <laughs> what is these rhinos are kind of hot or something. <laughs> I, don't <know. laughs> I don't know. I don't think I know it. I can't remember it. This is something Ace Ventura says when he's. So ever since then, uh, I don't touch possums. Uh, because 
They're gross. Mm-hmm. All right, I've got one. Also, last one. it's I, I impossible one, 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 for one, possums to eat first. 17 million ticks a year or whatever the stat is. <laughs> I was going to bring this up earlier. <laughs> yeah, whenever you, you, you do the math, that means that possums are eating 300 and something ticks a day. <laughs> impossible. All right, one more. All right. A maggot or a tick? Mm. Oh, maggot. Maggot, for sure. oh. unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> I hate this one. Tick is one of the worst <laughs> things. You know what I was thinking about ticks today? I don't know, dude. Because <laughs> I was like, you know a place I've never had a tick? Is in my in nostril, <laughs> but they could get there. Yeah, imagine having a tick in your nostril. All of a sudden, you just <laughs> wake up and you're not breathing very good <laughs> yeah. on one side. Or there's a, it's a seed tick and you just can't get out of there because mm-hmm. it's all up in there. Oh. Mm-hmm. Can you imagine? Take what about that emergency <laughs> in, your, in your ear? <laughs> yeah, it could happen. Mm, Absolutely. Yeah. Single dude like me, you scary. You can get it out. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's why you leave all that earwax in there. That way they yeah. can't get in there. <laughs> all right, I got one more. All right, what's your last one? Would you rather? Eat, rather would you rather eat? Praying mantis or a monarch butterfly? Oh, mantis for sure. I've considered eating mantis anyways. No, I'm dude. with him. Really? There's a lot of protein there. Dude, those <laughs> are creepy. Those dude, have a higher intelligence. The butt section of one of those things is very, like, Yeah, but the head's going to... Tintillating. Rip around <laughs> and look at you. <laughs> I'm probably going to eat a lot. <laughs> I'm telling you, dude, they're, they're higher They're higher intelligence than most bugs. Maybe all bugs. What's you know, the smartest bug there is, the dude? smartest bug? I feel like this is actually... I mean, praying mantis might be up there. Mm-hmm. I'm telling you. But what's what's considered a bug? Uh, things with six to eight legs, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah. So you're gonna count crustaceans. Some of them do definitely got that <laughs> bug look. <laughs> 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 are so are you gonna count cephalopods? Mm, those are the things that make uh, fossils so, in the. So uh, well, an octopus would fall under that. That's an mm. octopod. Technically, an octopod. <laughs> <laughs> so technically, <coughs> now there's probably somebody with a degree who's yelling at me, but you could call an octopus a bug. Yeah. Yeah. Does it even? Ha- it doesn't have a brain, does it? Do yeah. octopuses have brains? Oh yeah, they're super smart. Okay. Mm-hmm. Oh, they got a brain in each tentacle or something, don't they? I don't. It's know. something weird. Yeah. I can't remember. Something weird about octopus. Yeah, but octopus. Octopi. I think uh, the smartest of all those is a cuttlefish, if I remember right. They're creepy. Yeah, dude. dude. The little reverse squids with beaks. Yeah, they're weird. Yeah, it's, is it a bird? It's got a beak. It is. That makes sense. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, so it's a bird. It's a bug. It's a octopus. But the <laughs> land bugs. Of the land bugs, I feel like um, there's this thing where crawfish. What's that? Not land bug. But I wonder if crayfish are smarter than we give them credit for. I don't know, man. Things that live a long time, I, I feel like are going to be smart, but that's not really true because trees live a really long time. Side story on praying mantis. All right. The moment I learned this dude, Casey, here, has really good <laughs> eye vision, we were, like, storming through some tall grass to get to a spot. It was the night you killed in South Dakota, I believe. Really? Uh, yeah, that first year <laughs> I filmed you guys. And we're just storming through this tall grass, and he just stops. He goes, look at that praying mantis. And I stop, and I'm like, where? It's like 300 <laughs> yards away. <laughs> Hey, here's a simple but very meaningful gift idea for your mom or grandparent who lives across the country. These are great, dude. These are really nice things to give to people. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things they can't be there for, from family vacations to their grandkids' graduation. Let's say your mom comes out. You take a bunch of pictures of your mom with your kids or whatever. When she goes home, you can greet her at home with all those pictures you just took on the frame. And you can also keep her up to date by updating the frame from afar. It's all done online. It's a ton of fun. Comes with unlimited storage. 
and simple controls on the frame so you can upload as many photos as you want and mom can pick the perfect one. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter, The Strategist, and Wired. Right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. That's A-U-R-A frames.com. Make sure you use the promo code MEATEATER because for a limited time, you can get $20 off their best-selling frame with that code. The code being MEATEATER. AuraFrames.com, promo code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. At O'Reilly Auto Parts, they offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. Man, I'm always swinging through my uh, local O'Reilly Auto Parts to get stuff ranging from car parts and accessories to boat batteries. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. That way you don't have to go buy some you know super expensive thing that you need like once every five years. Just borrow it and get your refund back. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fixed, or quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Lately, I've been telling you guys about Land.com, the site that can help you find that little patch of ground to call your own where you can do all the hunting, fishing, hanging out with family you want. Land can be a great investment. Getting your own piece of land is something that can both generate income over time and also generate a lot of memories for generations to come. It's an investment you get to use and enjoy and take care of while it works for you. And any good investor will tell you to start investing sooner than later. Well, they've got hundreds of thousands of rural listings from all across America. Land.com can help you find properties for hunting, fishing, a lake house, a hobby farm, or if you just want to start a rental business slash family compound as a way to better secure future generations. Land.com will also help connect you with the right agent that specializes in rural real estate. So enough dreaming about it. Land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space. too man speaking yep. of that you know yep. like um uh it is fun to get out there and storm around in the stuff uh, especially right now because um for a lot of people uh not our friends in alabama mississippi maybe uh but for most of the country there's not much deer hunting to do right now but there is other stuff out there and we did some axes hunting we've talked about that we've also been doing a lot of pig hunting which is pretty pretty fun Pretty pink pig in a parachute. Have you ever heard that? I ha- I think I have heard that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What does that mean? I don't have a clue, but it's a <laughs> thing I heard a lot <laughs> growing up. Um, I don't know if it was like a some type of a 
slogan for a brand or something or what. But uh, anyways, I'm derailing us. <laughs> <laughs> I've been doing some big hunting. And I think that. Big hunting. Yeah. We call it punting around here. Um, mm. I think that there are two things that pig hunting reminds me of. Uh, not like recollecting onto other things I've done, but instead like reminds me of why you should do pig hunting is a <clears throat> you can sharpen your skills really 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 well and effectively for a lot of reasons we'll get into and b it reminds me about how when we hunt we really are trying to obtain food and because pigs are so it's such an easy bridge from shooting a pig to eating a pig because <clears throat> i mean it's one of the three most consumed animals on our continent, and it might be... On the planet. I mean, it's, I bet it's one of the top on the planet. Goat is number one. Goat is number one, I for sure. So. Most consumed protein. I know that in Asia, pig is wild. Actually, we were talking to a friend the other day who was talking about that. Um, you know, like, there's a, a lot of pigs in the Oriental stuff. And I, for lunch today, had hog. I had El Pastor. Mm-hmm. Which is probably the best application of the hog. <laughs> Dude, <I> mean, it <laughs> is. <laughs> it's so good. Man. I don't know that, that thing you made the other day. Yesterday was man, good. it was good. I made a like a a stew. It's kind of like a pozole. Uh, made me say holy pozole. Yeah, it was. <laughs> it, it was. Uh, you know, it has the hominy in it. But I used um, serrano, roasted serranos, and um, what are those cherubs or what are they called? Uh, what I'm trying to say here, the com- tomatillos. Cherubim. Um, yeah. Roasted garlic, tomatillos, serranos, and some onion in the oven, and then emulsified it and turned it into a paste and put it in there, and then used a uh, a quart of nilgai stock, bone stock that we made here, and then just some kind of uh, some cumin, some oregano, some salt, and made a stew out of it with some hog backstrap. And it was delectable, mm, I would say. It was so good. It was actually, it started out really spicy, and then it kind of toned down after a day or two, so that was nice. Um, but really good application, and definitely reminded me that, like, hey, it's really cool to shoot hogs because you can eat them. Is it acceptable to eat pigs? I, I, I would say yes. I accept the pigs. But pigs are really smart. Pigs are really smart. Weird. It is weird. Charismatic, smart, megafauna. <laughs> that is also acceptable to eat. Yeah. It's the best of all the worlds. But they, uh, they, the nasty. Yeah. And I think that's what, that's where it is. Yep. I think that's the difference. So, but people don't. So it's a bunch of hoity toities that are having a problem with eating. Oh, yeah. They're just. I would say anybody who has a problem with eating anything is a hoity toity. Just cleaner than now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I don't know. Uh, you know, I never realized how smart pigs were. Because most of the time, because I uh, was blasting with shotguns as soon as I saw them. But growing up, uh, I didn't show pigs, but I had friends that did. Brendan had a show pig. And uh, if you don't know, if you're not from a part of the country, this is common. In Texas, your fa- your your wife's from a family of show piggers, um, <laughs> which yep. is a funny phrase. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, that um, you show animals, which means you raise this animal as a young one. Uh, and fatten it up, and then you walk it around when you're dressed up in your cowboy outfit, and um, people judge you on 
like the way the animal behaves and stuff and the way it's built. It's a animal husbandry competition. Yeah, it's called 4-H or uh, or FFA things like that. They have that kind of stuff. South of here, they call it 4 H. Yeah. Quattro Ache. <laughs> Trace Ache for Eric. Uh, so <laughs> he's going to get it without one of the H's. Uh, so that's actually one of the H's, isn't it? Do you know all the H's? Um, it would be homemaking, husbandry. Uh, Hermanos. I don't know. I don't know what they are. If you know what those are, Texas. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I could look it up. But, um, I didn't even know if there were. There Jamie, was, looked it up. Uh, <laughs> I didn't even know if those were like. You thought yeah, it was, I didn't know it was those were acronyms or whatever. He thought it was just more of a figurehead. Like, yeah. There's four H's, but we don't know what they are. Yeah, I just thought, oh, <laughs> use a clover, you know, yeah. it's four-leaf clover. After you've ascended to the 17th level, we'll tell you what the H's are. <laughs> <laughs> but um, anyways, when Brendan had a show pig, uh, it would play fetch, like better than a dog. It's weird. Like you toss a stick to it or in the pasture, it'd sit there, look at you, and you point, it'd go get the stick, bring it back, drop it at your feet, and sit back down where it was and look at you again. That's weird. Yeah. Mm. It's like, babe is a real thing. You know how, like, the dogs and babe were all, like, you know, running around crazy, herding the sheep, and then babe, like, chilly, you know, chilly, which is <laughs> <laughs> in a very chillaxed manner. Uh, <laughs> like, herds the sheep. He goes, ram you, ram you. I don't know if the pig said that, but, like, he would go get the stick walking and would walk it back and sit down. Like, a very relaxed animal. Did he shake? <laughs> <laughs> no, nah, I don't think he shook. Uh, <laughs> uh, galactic, chillactic. Yeah. Oh. That was a cool that's a blue butt. That was a cool pig. But um speaking of chillax pigs, um mm. <laughs> the spot and stalk aspect of hogs oh, yeah. is pretty cool. It's fun. I got hyped several times today. That's good. Um, let's talk a little bit about that. Yeah. How do we go about that? Um, so we decided to walk several hundred acres today with a herd of elephants. And Did you uh, look on your phone how <coughs> far we walked? I didn't, no. It was a pretty decent little walk. Um, basically, you know, when we go to do this, we try to find a way to walk a loop so that we don't ever walk the same stuff we've already walked. But also, it gets hard to do that sometimes because the wind, <coughs> excuse me, the wind doesn't always work out for you mm -hmm. in the entire loop. Some parts of the loop are better than others, so you have to either create a different approach or hope that the lay of the land works out for you or just say, you know what, we're just going to walk. And so we decide to walk a loop. You and I kind of, um, well, early on, we almost killed a big, big boar um, that got up probably sleeping not far from us and heard us walking um <laughs> you were uh you we saw him we both started pulling an arrow out of our quiver uh we actually heard greg say there's a pig and greg then, was very emphatic about that it was and then uh <laughs> and then we looked up saw him start pulling out arrows out of the quiver and um immediately as soon as i started having a little trouble pulling my arrow out i saw you're getting yours out so i just said all right i'll range so i pulled my range finder up hit him said like 58.5 so I said 60 because he was kind of he's getting ready to walk away or he was walking about the time that I pulled my rangefinder down I said 60 right there and uh anyway long story short he takes off um we didn't get a shot at him <laughs> and then we work this big loop uh near creek so we're kind of like working down the edge of these creek systems and river systems and stuff and just trying to like 
hang out near water and thick cover, basically. And we're in these big river bottom flats where you can see a long ways too through this stuff because it's used, you know it's it's floodplain. Just kind of working slowly and as quiet as possible. There's a lot less wind today, so we had a lot less uh, stalking cover noise. Um, I kind of liked it though. I do too. I like to be able to hear. So it's kind of a catch twenty two because we had five guys in the woods. Yeah. Um, you know, y'all know this, but we film what we do now, so. Uh, we have the whole crew pretty much every time we do something, and that just means it's you're just not as effective in the woods because you're louder, right? But on a, from a hunting standpoint, I like stalking around on the quieter days because I can be pretty quiet, uh, you know, stalking. So I can hear stuff. I like to hunt with my ears a lot. Yeah. I, I think uh – if I can see pigs out feeding or something like mm-hmm. that, I would rather it be windy. But I mean, like when so basically, long story short, we did this big loop, didn't see anything but a bunch of deer, and the deer running off. They scare pigs when they run off, mm-hmm. and so Casey and I are like, he asked me, what do you think? How do you think that's doing for us? And I was like, ah, probably not good, especially if we keep bumping them in the direction <laughs> we're going. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> These deer are way more uh, perceptive than hogs are. Uh, so pro- partially because they're taller. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like we're walking through the woods and deer are seeing us at 400 yards away because we're not like hunting deer. We're not trying to, you know, it would not be the way you hunt deer. Yeah. Um, so we're bumping deer and Boot spooking. they are definitely, we've seen it in action, right? We've seen mm-hmm. deer spook hogs because the hogs kind of like, oh, where are those deer running from? Better get out of here too. Yeah. Um, so like we know it's they're a smart. thing that happens. Yeah. They know when the deer are freaking out, something's not right. Mm-hmm. And they don't tend to s- just sit there when that happens. They don't rely on their cover or nothing. They just take off in a trot and oh, just go. Oh, they absolutely forever. rely on the fact that they can <clears throat> just trot faster than most things and cover <clears throat> a, a ridiculous amount of country. Yep. Yeah. So we kind of we kind of made our loop decision at that point to go ahead and turn back, and we make this big loop, turn back, walk aways, and we're getting down to some good cover where we have seen pigs before and uh it just looks good i mean it kind of like the elevation drops down yeah. and gets real you killed bottomy. some pigs there last year mm-hmm. it's on youtube y'all should go check it it's like the boar sow or what i don't remember what the title yeah, is yeah. but it's some actually some really epic hog hunting footage yeah. there from some spot and stalk stuff tyler did yeah it's cool um so anyway we get down in there and uh and casey and i are kind of probably 100 yards apart or more and we're kind of using hand signals to say, are we going this way or going that way? So we decided to push into the towards this creek instead of work up the creek um, while the wind is kind of kind of with the wind to an extent. And we're going to work across the wind instead. Well, I don't go probably 50, 60 yards before I pull my binos out and start glassing this bottom and I see like a patch of hair. It's like a square foot. And I was like, man, I can't tell, but I think that's a pig. It looks like hair. I can't really tell. It's like 100 yards away. Anyway, long story short, we make the – KC and I make the kind of um, – you know, I kind of wave and flap my arms to get their attention and, you know, tell them I see something and we decide it is pigs or whatever. And then he comes over, we make some plans. And um, <clears throat> and so he's going to try to kind of flank one direction and see, you know, if they bust out, if they go that way or not. And I'm going to go right at them. And so Eric and I go right out, but we we got to cross a swamp. And so this is where, like, 
I really wish that I had some wind noise, some wind cover, because we're kind of across the swamp and stepping over big logs and stuff, and it's just like so slow, right? And so everybody else that's there is probably just bored out of their mind, you know, standing there watching us creep, but we're within, you know, 70 yards of these pigs, so we can't make much of noise. And, and here's the deal, when you're, when you're stalking a big sounder, there's inevitably going to always be some weird 100 150 pound sow that like all of a sudden comes out from behind a palmetto and she's at like 40 looking right at you and you didn't see her until then you know even though all the rest of them are at 70 and they're all feeding or whatever and so you just got to be super careful or you're going to get caught by that one and then there's no shot no video no fun you know and so (laughs) (laughs) we uh we work across this swamp we get on a dry land about the time we do they kind of move in a direction that I had seen them all kind of starting to move uh, right before we decided to stalk after them. And so they were kind of heading in this direction down this creek. And so we have to, like, get up on this hill and then in this high spot in the swamp and then kind of work down towards them. And there's just a million leaves, you know. And so you still have to be super slow and quiet through that stuff. And, uh you know, the whole time we're working down towards them, they kind of stop a little bit, and then we kind of catch up with them. We get within 50 of a few of the bigger pigs, and they're in and out of this stuff. There's so many limbs. Like, you got to consider on a 50-yard shot, like, you got to consider your arrow path because it's going to be kind of high, you know. Like, even though I have a clear line of sight to this pig at 50, there's these limbs on these cedar elms coming out at, you know, 8 foot, 9 foot up that my my arrow has a decent chance of clipping, right? So I end up drawing like four different times and letting down just because A, of that, and then B, because the the pigs are moving a lot. I mean, pigs pigs don't sit, stand in one spot very, Mm-mm. very much. They're on a, they're in a constant like move two steps and then walk two quick steps here and then walk two quick steps here. Another thing, this is a, this is a tip if you're ever stalking pigs. I noticed this today and I've noticed it before, but it, it was reiterated in my mind when this happened every time a pig comes out from some brush and goes into a gap where you can shoot it almost every time that pig sees the gap and stops and looks almost every time so like every time i saw a pig come out of the brush and get into a gap at like 40 he would turn his head and look down that down that like alley it's mm-hmm. like they see the, the the alleys that can they can see a ways and they always stop and look so, you know, when a pig first steps out, if you draw, you're probably getting seen, you know. Whereas if you draw before he steps out, then he's going to stop, look for about three or four seconds, and then he's going to keep walking. And you might be able to grunt him or stop him or whatever. But that happened several times. I just remember, I remember that. But anyway, we had a uh, we had a big boar in there that was just doing circles, checking all these sows. And there was piglets everywhere. There was literally probably 40 pigs it in there. It was cool because I could see into there with my binos. I was watching you and Eric, and I was watching the pigs, and, you know, at distance, y'all looked like you were, like, five yards from <laughs> Yeah. But you're probably, like, 40 or something. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was the whole time I knew y'all were, like, in the oh. in the mix. Yeah, we were in there. And so I could see all this happening from a, kind of a third-person perspective. Mm-hmm. It was, like, a really neat spot. Dude, at one time, the there was all these little tinies, like 15 oh, or a dozen little tinies. Tinies, dude. I mean, like, the size of my phone, it looked like. They were, they were babies. <laughs> well, they at one time, they'd make, like, the the herd of them makes a mad <laughs> yes. dash back towards us, and I and I was like, okay, they're they're if they come to us, the big ones are gonna naturally follow. The sows mm-hmm. are gonna follow, because that's what they did going that direction. 
And I told Eric, I was like, I think they're coming our way, you know. And they, they were like, I guess they were so small that they weren't covering much ground, but they would be like running. And then I would see them running like 30 seconds later, and I'm still like, how are they only gone 10 yards, you know? It's like. Hey, one time I saw you like reach back and look like you were holding hands with Eric. What was what was going on? I might have been just telling him to stop Would or you, something like that. I think he was telling me to come towards him because he did that at one point. He was doing like that kind of <laughs> Yeah, I couldn't see Tyler's hand. You were covering. And I was like, what are they doing? No, I didn't, couldn't tell if like Eric couldn't see I was giving or something. We're, giving a <laughs> You're just enjoying the moment. It's like watching a sunset <laughs> together, you know. Uh, but, no, so we, we – um, we we think we're getting in the mix. I mean, we are in the mix. Like like I said, I'd already drawn like three or four times at 50 and just had pigs do different weird things. At one point, the big boar comes in and checks it, and I've got him at like 43, and I drew back on him. And, and I mean, he's barely got – I got probably like a foot to shoot him in, you know, and I'm, I'm clear. And I, thought, I said, I said, are you ready? And he was like, yeah. And as soon as I started, I said, are you ready? He starts turning and just – Hard quarter away, and I was like, man, I don't want to track this pig for forever. Mm -hmm. You know, you got to be so precise, and that's a long shot, and there's brush. And I'm glad I didn't shoot it. But anyway, he goes back around, <clears throat> and we we start to scoot up and get behind this big bur oak tree or uh, overcup tree, and I get right in front of it. And Eric's kind of like he has to be kind of behind me and out profiled, for, you know, not against the trees. Uh, he's away from the tree a little bit, and so uh, but we had we had. By the time we got there, we had already known this for a few yards. We had like five yards to go to get there when the big boar bedded. Mm. And I was like, dang, dude, he's like right there. He's real close. So we, we get to that tree. He's bedded at like <clears throat> probably about 26, 27 yards. And I can see him. Like I can see his the, his back and stuff. <clears throat> and so I told Eric, I was like, you see, he's right there, you know. Told him where. We got it all worked out. And uh, all the pigs had moved off. But you could still kind of hear them back in there and see a few of them. And so, like, I'm just kind of waiting. I'm fixing to I – I finally got me a good angle or whatever, and I'm waiting. I'm going to wait on him to stand up, and he's going to walk behind this big tree. I'm going to draw, and then he's going to come out and open in the gap and stop, and I'm going to shoot him. Well, uh, oh, I hear, like, a pig walking around, and I see one off, like, away from the group kind of coming out to the left of him. The group's all to the right of him, <clears throat> and it's coming towards us. It's a pretty good pig. And so I, I told Eric, I was like, you see that pig? He goes, yeah. I was like, if it, if it comes close, I'm going to shoot it. And so it kind of hung out back there forever. And then another one kind of came from his right and behind him <clears throat> and comes up and uh, stops at like 40, probably like 40 yards. And he's kind of behind this little hill, but you can see his ears, and they're just like alert. And he's just looking. And I don't know if he could see Eric or not because Eric wasn't against the tree. You know, he's out having to be behind me to get perspective with the camera. But, like, he uh, he stopped for and stared at us, I felt, for like a minute. And I was like, dang, we might be busted right here. And then he went back to feeding. So he was like 40 or less. And so he's behind this brush. I pull my rangefinder up to, to range him. And I'm, like, struggling through the brush to range him. And I finally get, like, a 40 – two yard range or something on him and uh and i put it back down and when i put my range finder down this giant boar is standing up walking off at 28 yards or whatever mm. <clears throat> and so my brain like f goes into overtime or overdrive you know it's like freaking out i'm like he's about to get away i only got two little lanes here and uh and so he's already past the tree that i was supposed to draw behind and he goes out into the gap 
and I I uh, draw back on him, and I'm telling myself, 30 yards, 30 yards, 30 yards, and draw back. He sees me draw, so he locks it up like they do, <clears throat> stands there and looks at me, and I settled the pin and everything, and uh, I – when we had when I'd drawn back on those pigs at fifty like four different times, I had I had changed my my pin uh delegations or whatever to thirty, forty, fifty instead of twenty, thirty, forty. And uh I shot the wrong pin. I knew they were thirty, forty, fifty, but like just you know, mm-hmm. fried brain, all of a sudden things go wild. And you and, slept on the couch last night. Yeah. So and just <laughs> didn't help. No, probably not. And so I shot I shot the wrong pin and I haven't looked at the footage, but to me it looked like it went pretty good. It just mm-hmm. went high. Yeah. I mean way high. He strung <laughs> he strung jump it just a little. Strung too. jumper. Strung <laughs> jump. Yeah, strung. <laughs> strung jump. <laughs> strunk, strunk. He was strumping. <laughs> I got a little boot in the water. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So <laughs> anyway, it was a. It went over the top, and they all like three pigs. The three pigs knew that it was something was weird, and the rest of them didn't have a clue. I almost shot a brown one after that, but I couldn't get my arrow out of my quiver <laughs> fast enough. And it was just you know. So that's the way pig hunting goes, though. And honestly, like making good shots on pigs is one of the hardest parts of the whole thing mm-hmm. because you're looking at a black blob, mm-hmm. and there's not a whole lot of definition. There ain't a crease that you can see very easily sometimes. It's just like mud caked all over them or whatever or just black blobs. And and then also they sit low. So one thing you don't realize sometimes is you're shooting actually kind of high on them because mm-hmm. they're sitting below the grass line. A lot, Like a lot of their chest cavity sits mm-hmm. below the grass line. And so, you know, it, it, I don't know. I, just, I think it's going to take a while for me to become like really good at shooting pigs probably. Um, but they're fun targets to they go after. They are, man. Let's talk a little about some of the indicators and things that, like, you <clears> notice <throat> from pigs. You p- you picked up on one while ago about that hog stopping and looking, which <clears throat> I've never really thought about that much. That's a cool point. Um, it is weird, though, how much they do use their vision, even though they don't have great vision. Like, I, I, I would say they see not as good as you or I. They mm-hmm. don't see as good as a deer. Um, and, like, if you're standing still – and you have the wind on pigs, like, they would almost walk up to you. Mm-hmm. Like they kind of got the T-Rex thing, you know, yeah. where as long as you're not moving and you don't have on brightly colored clothes, like, you're pretty much just non-existent. To yeah, you. unless you're in a field and you're the only thing st- sitting Standing there, up, you know. Yeah. like. And still, the other day, whenever we were at <clears> Axis <throat> hunting, we were the only thing in a field, and they let us get to 40 yards. Mm-hmm. But as soon as I drew my bow, one of the sows, that same one you're talking about, freaking – Yep. Idiot. <laughs> yep. you know? Off to the side. <laughs> yeah, just caught you. Yep. And just what <clears throat> zero tolerance. Yep. You know? <laughs> That's the thing though. They yeah. d- they don't have tolerance Mm-mm. at all. They will if they see anything weird, they will take off. Mm-hmm. And that's what people and that's because they're smart, yeah. you know. But the the weird thing is, and maybe this is because they're smart, humans are smart, we also like kill ourselves on purpose a lot of times. Uh like um if you are at the spot they want to be because of food. Mm. you can spook them and sit there and they'll talk themselves back into coming back out, mm-hmm. which deer will never do that. Mm-hmm. Hardly ever. Mm-hmm. You know, like they are gone. Yeah. <laughs> but if you're, if you spook them, what you're not going to get is like what a deer, especially a mule deer will do. Bound off a couple mm-hmm. steps and look back and give you a shot. That's where the old squealer comes in. That's you have to, yeah. because if you don't, they will just do the trot thing yeah, forever. They're just gone. They yeah. just find the nearest squiggly tail and follow it, yep. and they just go. Yep. So that brings up another point that I really 
key in on is like there's since they're black blobs, you can only see the things hanging off of them. So you can see their tails and you can see their ears. A lot of times, both of those things give them away. They they have a little bit of an arched, rounded back. So like whenever you're looking at distance, you can kind of see that sometimes through the grass. But if you're stalking pigs um, <clears throat> and you see ears, it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. Like because they they are alert to something. Mm-hmm. They because uh, you won't see it when they're feeding. No, which they, kinda, they do most of the they time. They have their heads down. It's not like they tuck their ears, but they're just kind of relaxed. They don't have as much dexterity in their ears as deer do. Yeah. But when a pig's on alert, <laughs> they go, Whoop, and they like kind of lift their heads halfway up, and then their ears point right at the sky. Yeah. And if you see that, it's bad. They're all, not meant to uh, lift their heads very high. They don't do that. They're they're built to be ground-dwelling nostrils. Yeah, they can, <laughs> uh, but they can exert a lot of force in that four or five inches they can move their That's head. That's right. It's wild. Yeah. But um, the other indicators at the other end, the tail is a huge thing when you're spotting a stalk. And I noticed it today on those pigs, whenever you were in there, the whole time I was watching them, they were flipping their tail around mm-hmm. and and eating. And if their tail is flopping around, flipping, that means they're happy hogs. They don't have a clue in the world anything is wrong. Mm-hmm. So, like, y'all were close, but I could tell why you were taking your time because – it's like, well, they're completely relaxed. Mm-hmm. There's no concern at all. Mm-hmm. And now, whenever the tail stops, you know something's up. And it, it can be very subtle. Mm-hmm. Like, all of a sudden, they just kind of stop. They don't really move Man, much. that's that's exactly what that boy did when I yeah. drew. He literally didn't move. He didn't look at me. He just mm-hmm. he just stayed in that same, like, perpendicular side profile. Mm-hmm. And But he was looking right at me, right, mm-hmm. with his right eye. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and his yeah, left eye was looking for an escape route. He didn't turn know? his head. Yeah. No. Yeah. yeah, that's right. And so, and another thing that they'll do is uh, they'll almost do the, like, fake you out thing, where, mm-hmm. like, they, they're, they like, thinking about what they're about to do, but they're trying to act like nothing happened, mm-hmm. but their tail will give it away. That's exactly right. Yeah. That's, that's exactly the, right. That's what the very first boar we saw did, too. Yeah. Like, we saw him that's really right. close, and he just, like, stared at us and then was out. Yeah. yeah, they'll like just kind of ease off, mm-hmm. almost. Yeah. You know, he's like, uh, mm. maybe they don't <laughs> see me. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's kind of it's kind of weird, man. But they're a lot of fun because, like, they are easier to spot and stalk than deer are. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, but they're not like if you wanted to kill them with guns, yeah, you could smoke them, right? But like to seal the deal, the closing 50 yards is really tough still. Mm-hmm. A lot of times because there's a lot of eyes. They hear well, too. <clears throat> they do hear really good. Yeah. And uh, they um, – so you're really honing skills a lot whenever you do. And I think, honestly, it's helped me kill some deer on the ground mm-hmm. in the past few years. You know, I can't be like, oh, that's because I hunted hogs. But, like, just overall experience hunting stuff from the ground just mm-hmm. teaches you a ton. Yeah. Dude, I used to hunt. Hey, here's a simple but very meaningful gift idea for your mom or grandparent who lives across the country. These are great, dude. These are really nice things to give to people. It's a digital picture frame from Aura. It's perfect for sharing pics of all the things they can't be there for, from family vacations to their grandkids' graduation. Let's say your mom comes out. You take a bunch of pictures of your mom with your kids or whatever. When she goes home, you can greet her at home with all those pictures you just took on the frame. And you can also keep her up to date by updating the frame from afar. It's all done online. It's a ton of fun. comes with unlimited storage and simple controls on the frame so you can upload as many photos as you want. And mom can pick the perfect one. See why it was named the number one digital frame by Wirecutter. 
the strategist and wired right now you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting auraframes.com that's a-u-r-a frames.com make sure you use the promo code meat eater because for a limited time you can get $20 off their best-selling frame with that code. The code being MEATEATER. AuraFrames.com, promo code MEATEATER. O'Reilly Auto Parts are in the business of keeping your car on the road. At O'Reilly Auto Parts, they offer friendly, helpful service and the parts knowledge you need for all your maintenance and repairs. Man, I'm always swinging through my uh, local O'Reilly Auto Parts to get stuff ranging from car parts and accessories to boat batteries. They've got thousands of parts and accessories in stock, either in-store or online, so you never have to worry if you're in a jam. And if you're a do-it-yourselfer and need a specialty tool to finish the job, stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts and ask about their loaner tool program. Simply pay a refundable deposit and borrow the right tool, then get your deposit back when it's returned. That way you don't have to go buy some you know, super expensive thing that you need like once every five years. Just borrow it, get your refund back. Need your windshield wipers replaced, a brake light fixed, or quick service? They'll help you find the right part or point you to the nearest local repair shop for help. Stop by O'Reilly Auto Parts today or visit O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. That's O'ReillyAuto.com slash meat eater. Lately, I've been telling you guys about Land.com, the site that can help you find that little patch of ground to call your own where you can do all the hunting, fishing, and hanging out with family you want. Land can be a great investment. Getting your own piece of land is something that can both generate income over time and also generate a lot of memories for generations to come. It's an investment you get to use and enjoy and take care of while it works for you. And any good investor will tell you to start investing sooner than later. Well, they've got hundreds of thousands of rural listings from all across America. Land.com can help you find properties for hunting, fishing, a lake house, a hobby farm, or if you just want to start a rental business slash family compound as a way to better secure future generations. Land.com will also help connect you with the right agent that specializes in rural real estate. So enough dreaming about it. Land.com is the place to find and invest in your open space. I used to hunt, I used to stalk ducks at my dad's place mm-hmm. all the time. That was what I did all the time when I was young. And I and I do think that it has helped me a lot when it comes to stalking stuff. Because mm-hmm. it's, I mean, you, you get to where you're stalking 200 things that have sharp vision. Mm-hmm. And you can learn when any of them gets weird at mm-hmm. all, you know. And you got to see the whole thing. It's like being a DB. Uh, if you can't, fo- if you can't see more than one route... And what's ex- what it, you're exactly what you're looking at, and mm-hmm. you can't focus on the other things in your periphery, then you're not going to make a very good DV. Mm-hmm. You have to see like all four routes sometimes, you know. Yeah. So it's it's the same thing. Like, and you and that's a learned thing. You can you can learn that, and mm-hmm. you don't like you're not necessarily 
going to do that the first time you go to stalk a pig or the first time you go to defend routes. You're mm-hmm. going to look at the guy that you're on or mm-hmm. whatever, you know. But somebody goes, hey, you have to see that route, and you go, oh, well, okay, I can see that. Mm-hmm. I just didn't pay attention to it. Yeah. And it's the same thing with stalking. It's like, I mean, you're going to get caught by some random sows, and you're still going to even if you see them all sometimes. But, like, <laughs> you know, you get better at seeing all the pigs and what they're doing. And, oh, there's one – got to look over at that one because it stopped all of a sudden real weird and it's not mm-hmm. – flicking its tail anymore you yeah know. sometimes also when you're pig hunting and there's a, a good size group or sounder as they're called um you have to settle for the pig that you're given yeah you can't always hunt the biggest one like that's where we were while, like yep. you just get caught by one and it's like i gotta shoot that one mm-hmm. because it's the only one in the open yep you know so you kind of yep. have to you almost that and that when i'm deer hunting at least a lot of times i look at a deer and i like kind of this happens fast, but I familiarize myself with that animal and I kind of almost like lock in on it, like a predator place, prey mm-hmm. scenario. Hogs, it's kind of hard, and you kind of see how lions lose the zebra, mm-hmm. you know, because they're just all in and out, in and out, and then all of a sudden, like, you have to decide, I'm shooting that particular one. Like, it's a, it's a little difficult to do from mm-hmm. time to time. Especially when that particular one goes behind a tree or does something mm-hmm. weird, you know, and then you're like, oh, well, there's another one over mm-hmm. there, and then he comes out, and you're uh, yeah. it's crazy. It's like... You know, if a hundred mallards came in on you, you know, and you didn't have much experience with it, you would not pick one. I can tell you when I was a kid, when the large swarms of blackbirds flew over, I tried the whole shoot up amongst them kind of deal, and it yep. didn't work. Nope. You got to pick one. Nope. You can, you got, even if it's a shotgun, you got to pick one to shoot at. You mm-hmm. can't just shoot in there around them and hopefully, yeah. hopefully get one. You know, it's yeah. it's pretty cool. But we uh, we do have some hogs on the ground, and mm. uh, there will be – a video from this and other things that transpired yep. that we won't go all the way into here on the podcast, mm. I reckon. So, yeah, uh, you'll have to cool, watch. Oh, it's cool footage. Yeah, dude. it's sick, dude. Uh, over the shoulder stuff. Um, Old J. Michael laid it down. J. Michael J. Uh, <laughs> and in that case, I, I, I got to hunt and, uh, or we were both hunting, but I got to, I got to pull the trigger. And uh, it, I did get to pick out the pig because it was a different color than yeah. the other ones. It also happened to be the closer one. It got really close. Yeah, and it was so. way bigger than we thought it was. Oh my goodness, yes! And I think <laughs> I experienced the same thing today. Looking through my binos, I was looking at all those pigs in front of y'all. I was like, "Oh, I see that boar. He looks like he's like 125 pounds. Those sows look like 75 pounders. I bet you they weren't. They I were be- big. I bet you they were a lot bigger. That boar was they. big, dude. Yeah, it's scary. The but first boar we saw today <coughs> was really big. Yeah, like he looked big. Yeah, he was hairy and off. just nasty. Long too. Yeah, that's another thing that's <laughs> underrated on hogs. A lot of times, <clears throat> so wild hogs um, aren't Russian boars. They're escaped and re-naturalized um, just, you know, swine mm-hmm. from farm swine. And there probably is a little bit of a Russian boar in some of them. Uh, but overall, you know, they, they are just a different pig than the wild European pig. Um, but that all goes to say there's a lot of different genetic ver- variety in them and you see that most often in color but there is also different body shapes even though it's like not something that you think about too often that hog today was long mm-hmm. and like stretched out but also muscular i bet he was surprisingly heavy yeah you I know because you. like the pot belly ones they're heavy they're not a pot belly pig it's it's different but like there's round ones mm-hmm. right that are heavy and for sure some of the biggest pigs i've shot are the fat round ones but that big sucker like that, that's that he's like, it's just like a six, six six dude weighs a lot, even though he's skinny. Yeah, you know, ah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so. You see a tight end, you're like, oh, he kind of looks like a normal dude. But yeah, 
260 yeah know, or whatever. exactly like, oh, which yeah. this pig today he he very well he was for sure over 200 and who mm-hmm. knows um i want to get to where we can weigh him a little bit more i know i was just thinking that when you were talking about yeah. this i was like man there's got to be a way we can we make can something happen. maybe keep a scale like on the four wheeler or something need a little uh come along or something too yeah that'd yeah. be cool strap him um, under the tree. yeah that you know we were talking about the pig video that we're going to release here pretty soon but uh there's also a video coming out even before then, of y'all's fishing trip, Eric. Mm-hmm. So. Day this releases, right? I think so. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. 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 What do you think, it. Eric? <laughs> Let's do it. Yeah. So you're just <laughs> Texas rig, worm fishing, gigantic trout, and nice reds. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude. The Texas Slam makes an appearance in that video. That's right, dude. Do you know what Texas Slam is? I don't. So y'all caught the Texas Slam as a group. Oh, yeah. So it's a flounder, a redfish, and a trout. Yeah. And um, all on the same day. All on the same day. I had a f- slam personally. Did I, you in the same day? Well, oh, it has to be the same day. No, it doesn't I mean, have to be. You no. can, it yeah. may have happened the same but day. But most of so. the time, like the big accomplishments, yeah. do it all in the same day. I think Brian did too. Yeah. So yeah. That's cool. Yeah. So uh, Oh, there's a toad trout in it. It is. <laughs> it, it makes me sick a little bit. Yeah. It's a giant. Yeah. Like, I have never, I mean, I think the biggest trout I've caught is 24, which is, looked big. That fish has got away like eight pounds, didn't it? Probably. I, I think, think they say 30 inches weigh 10 pounds. That's what I've heard too. That's wild. 10 to dude. 12. It depends. Also, those fish are eating one-pound mullet often. Mm. So, like, I want to eat a one-pound mullet. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. I'm telling you, dude, I think they're good. Somebody wrote into us about eating mullet. Yeah, that's they? right. Yeah. Instagram yeah. or something. And I know that, um, like, it's been a thing. There's been a commercial fishery for it. I know, like, in the, in the 70s and 80s, when the bays froze, supposedly – like the trout population just went to zero, so there was no commercial uh, trout in some of the stores, and mullet would show up advertised as as sea trout. Hmm. So, oh, like, cool! It's a thing. Yeah, <laughs> mullet roe is also a thing too. Huh. Like people eat the roe out really? of those things. Yeah. So I would be. I would. We might need to go like do like a mullet catch clean cook. I think we definitely that should. That would be dude. cool. I, I mean, would. I've seen some biggins. Yeah. Like there's surely, you know, here's the deal. It's like this. It's a, lot of this. <laughs> uh, a tiny little bitty shad is gross, but you find a really big gizzard shad. Surely you can get in there and find a piece of meat out of that thing that's not that nasty. You think? I kind of feel that way about a big mullet too, and they're not as yeah. nasty as shad are. They stink. Mullet has a have a particular smell. Did you notice that? You didn't not mess with really. them. Much. We didn't really mess with. Them they have much. a very particular like. I <clears> smell <throat> something with like that smells like mullet. It ain't just like it smells like fish. Mullet smell. Are they slimy? A little bit. Not as not as slimy as a uh, trout. As a like a hardhead. Mm. Hardheads are slimy. Y'all didn't catch any of that because you didn't hardly live bait fish. You need some hardheads in your life, Eric. Did catch a piggy perch? Did you? Yeah. On your worm? It was like that big. Oh, tiny, huh? <laughs> it was tiny. I caught the state record <laughs> on fly out there. It was weird, uh, but uh, dude. So I used to, I know we're trying to wrap this up, and we're kind of, uh, kind of getting off the trail here. But uh, I used to uh, kind of get my feel of the bay fishing when I was a kid when we were down there, and I would snorkel, and I would go out there and swim to where the baits were in the water and watch them. And it was pretty cool because like this, <clears throat> so it'd be an egg weight with a piece of cut mullet or, or cut ballyhoo or something f- suspended in one of those potholes. And if you'd sit there and watch, you'd see the piggy perch just – it's a swarm. 
There's like 60 or 80 of hmm. them just going wild. So no wonder the redfish find it, right? Because mm-hmm. those little piggy perch are flashing going nuts. And then a sea robin would like kind of like crawl along the bottom over there near it and like jump up and get a hmm. bite. Like it's really cool to be underwater watching that happen. Is a learning experience for sure. I'd like to do some snorkeling in some clear, cold rivers. Not the mm, cold part is not my favorite, <laughs> but like clear, cold rivers typically have some pretty good, uh, pretty cool fish in them. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah, it's neat to just watch fish do stuff. Mm-hmm. That's why Bass Pro has them tanks. <laughs> it's my fi- mm-hmm. my kids' favorite part. <laughs> no, it's still my favorite part now. I mean, know? we go every time we go there. It's like the first thing we got to do is go look at the fish tank. And I don't know if it's because I'm getting older. <clears throat> Or if it's this is true, but I feel like they used to be better than they are now. It's like it's the same old – back when they first did them, it was a nice fresh gar, but now it's just the same gar, but it's glassy-eyed and 20 years later. You know what I mean? <laughs> like he's still in there living. He's just kind of looking rough. <laughs> God, dude. They need to exchange them, dudes. The crappie are kind of on a 45 just swimming. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> kind of like a – trout that's been released after somebody stuck their finger in its gills yeah. or something. I was there one time when they were feeding the hybrids. You know, before they had the one in Mesquite, there was just the one in Grapevine. You remember that? Yep. And uh, over there by the saltwater stuff, there was a a tank that had only hybrids or which, you know, y'all call them palmetto bass or whatever. What are wipers. Weepers. Wipers. We were doing a wiper fishing. Well, they were, they were feeding the wipers over there. <laughs> That was an impressive <laughs> thing to watch because <laughs> uh, those things are, like, really fast. Yeah. Like, and they would attack from far off. Like, that fish would be, like, 10 foot from the minna and, like, in a blister, just go up there and get it. Wait, that's weird. What's a minnow? What's a minnow? What's a minnow? You a minnow? It's the girlfriend you're looking for. Oh, okay, so man. Uh, <laughs> she can cook a good muffin and a cookie too. <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Scotch bonnets, blue bonnets, and midnight bonnets. That's what Eric's all about. <laughs> there you go. That's a te- that's a Texas slam that's right the there. Texas trio right there, man. <laughs> remember, guys, do it Texas style, and remember, this is your element. Live it. Hey everybody, listen up. I got I got mega huge news. Meat Eater Live is heading back out on the road. That's right. Join me and the crew, Clay Newcomb, Cal, Yanni, Spencer's gonna be there. Phil the engineer is gonna be there. Meat Eater Live, headed back out. Now, when you get every ticket, okay? Every ticket you buy, you get a signed copy of our new Meat Eater Outdoor Cookbook. This tour is celebrating the release of the book. Buy a ticket, get a signed copy, Meat Eater Outdoor Cookbook, Wild Game Recipes for the Grill, Smoker, Camp Stove, and Camp Fire, which I'll point out is a $38 value. Here's where we're going to go. April 23rd, the Mesa Art Center in Mesa, Arizona. April 24, the Balboa Theater in San Diego. April 25, the Grove in Anaheim, California. April 27, the Crest Theater in Sacramento. April 29, The Union in Salt Lake City. April 30, The Egyptian in Boise. May 1, The Wilma Theater in Missoula. May 2, The Bing Crosby Theater in Spokane, Washington. May 4, Revolution Hall in Portland, Oregon. And May 5, the last day of the tour, Pantages Theater in Tacoma, Washington. For tickets and more information, visit the events page at the Meat Eater. 
Hope to see you at the show.